0: This is the Suffer First Podcast, episode 19. Thanks for tuning in. What's up? And welcome to the Suffer First Podcast, episode 19. The show is coming to you from the Suffer First studio in Michael Royce City, which is in the heart of the great state of Texas. Before I introduce you to your host, I'd like to remind you of a few things you can listen to the Suffer First podcast on iTunes and at SufferFirst.com. It would be great if you would take a quick minute and give the show a five-star rating on iTunes and subscribe too. If you'd also leave a kind comment, it would be appreciated. As a reminder, giving the show a five-star rating on iTunes increases its popularity rating and search rating, which simply helps people find the show more easily. Lastly, if you listen on SufferFirst.com, please leave a comment there leaving comments on the website does two things lets us know you're listening and that you're benefiting from the content thanks for enduring that now i present you the creator of suffer first michael royce
1: thanks con i appreciate that introduction i I gotta ask you a question that was about a paragraph worth of introduction (laughs) right yeah this is really easy to do right yeah super easy tell me how many times how many times did we start and stop that uh that introduction you did
0: not that conservatively
1: how many do you think we did
0: maybe like 25 28 It, it was a
1: it was crazy how 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 it seems like it's so easy right sometimes when you just hear the finished product and remind us what was it that tripped you up so hard
0: the great heart of Texas. <laughs> heart of Texas.
1: <laughs> Welcome to the uh, to the Suffer First Studios <laughs> in Michael Roy City, in the heart of the state of the great country of, oh my goodness, I bet we had to start that thing over at least 20 times. That was times.
0: probably,
1: yeah, 20, yeah. Yeah, all right, all right so I gotta get to, uh, I'm gonna get to the interview, but before we go, let's do our thing, okay? Let's do it. Ancestors protect me,
0: may your hammer be mighty. (laughs) Thank you very much. That
1: was good. That was good good times. (laughs) I love, I loved watching her struggle through that. That was good times. So here we are, episode 19 of the Suffer First podcast. And uh, it's been a while since I've been on the air. Um, No good reason for it. Just, uh, I want to talk when I have something to say, and I have something to say tonight. Um, I've got uh, a special guest with me uh, today, and I'm excited that this person is here. Um, we haven't done this since July 1st, my birthday last year. Um, you were the first interview that went on the website on the best day of the year. <laughs> on the best day of every year. Every single year. Yeah. I'm glad yeah. it comes around
2: at least once a year.
1: Yeah. So, I, so we'll get into why Josiah is here in the Suffer First Studio in Michael Roy City uh, here in a bit, um, but he is back from Colorado for at least for a little while, not for long. Um, are we are we just calling it like a long vacation? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, a long paid vacation. So it's- you got you basically got chased out of Colorado by the China virus.
2: Yeah, man. Uh, it. Was shutting everything down up there i mean the governor a couple weeks ago said that all the all the downhill resorts had to shut down and uh ours was one of the last ones to stay open our hotel uh but once everybody left the resort and got back home nobody else was in the hotel they they cut us off man so
1: y- now when did you leave so josiah Obviously, uh, born in Michigan, we couldn't get him back into Texas airspace for Tamra to have birth in Texas airspace. So he was born in Michigan, unfortunately. Sorry about that, um, but <laughs> nevertheless. Um, so you've been in you've been in Texas now for a long time, uh, but you moved to um, Colorado. Colorado. When did you?
2: September? I believe it was July 18th. July nineteenth. So I threw out September. I was only off so, by two months. You, <laughs> you got you pulled that out of somewhere. Oh man. my
1: gosh! Really? Has <laughs> it been that long? I, yeah, it has. It's been nearly a year now. I, I remember telling Tamra, your mother, um, that you know it had seemed that you'd been gone a long time, but I didn't realize it had been that long. Yeah, one of my buddies
2: I just hung out with last night. He he said, "Man, I feels like I haven't seen you in like four months." Yeah, it's been it's been eight. Yeah, it's been nine. Yeah, I.
1: As a matter of fact, when I was looking back um, at the the website to see when it was exactly that that you and I talked, I did not realize that it had had been that long. I mean, we're, I mean, we've still got a few months, but I'm just saying we're approaching a year. Yeah,
2: I, as corny as it is to say, it feels like yesterday. Right, it feels like yesterday. I was sitting right across me doing the same thing.
1: So you left here though in the summer, a Texas summer, a
2: Texas summer, moved to a up Colorado there, winter,
1: moved up to a Colorado, basically. Yeah. It was Well, Colorado was, summer, which yeah. is like a Texas winter. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so so where did you go when you went to Colorado? Where was your first stop?
2: Um First stop was the YMCA of the Rockies Snow Mountain Ranch. That is where I found employment, housing and food.
1: Where, where is, is that Granby?
2: Yeah, it's just outside of Granby. Okay. Um, I, I believe it's part of their county, whatever it is. Um, what
1: is that? Is that? You, did you say yesterday, is that two hours from Denver?
2: Yeah, just about. Just about two hours. Uh, and that was a pretty sweet gig. Uh, it got me up there, gave me a place to stay, gave me food to eat, and a little bit of money in my pockets. Um,
1: How long were you at the YMC? I only
2: worked there for about four months. Okay. And then I found an opportunity at the Winter Park Resort. I got a job at a hotel over there, and I'm staying in the hotel, and I'm like a five-minute walk from the
1: slopes now. So I, I, there are a lot of people who know what the YMCA camp is, right? I, I, I know because your grandparents, your aunt mm-hmm. and uncle, they all went there. We, we've gone there before and stayed there for a week. Um, but, but this we- isn't your normal YMCA Right. Yeah it's, yeah. it's not like going down to the YMCA here in Rockwall or in Garland. Actually, it's almost the opposite. They don't even
2: have a gym on the grounds. Uh, when I went up there, one of my hopes was, oh, okay, I'm going to go work at the YMCA. I'll get to work out a lot at least right. when I'm not working. And they don't have a gym. They have a pool. But it's more of like a... Uh, it's a resort. It's like mountain resort. Yeah. Uh, can stay in some cabins, look at the mountains, go on hikes, do some uh, backcountry skiing. We know cool Joyce.
1: Stuff. Joyce bought all of her nieces and their families a week's worth of staying in those yurts, basically those Mongolian yurts. Yeah. Right? That's when you and the little girls went, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Tamara and I, and the babies went up there and stayed for a week in these yurts, which actually I was nervous about. Cause they're basically just fancy tents. Right. Yeah. But they're pretty yeah. cool, man. They're sweet. Yeah. Those things are cool. And I mean, tents
2: walls are like a millimeter thick. These are like, I mean, it's, ca- it's thick canvas, like rubberized canvas. So, and they're on a wood platform. Yeah. There's some dimension of insulation in there. Yeah. You're
1: not on a dirt floor. Yeah. I mean, you're on like a wood foundation mm-hmm. in this big tent. Like it's big. And it's the summer in Colorado. So right. it's not like the temperature is ever going anything above like 75 or below 50. Yeah. It wasn't, it, it was nice the whole yeah. time. I loved it. But I will say this. We did while we were there, um, we, 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 traveled a lot, went sightseeing Mm. as you can imagine. Right. And one of the places we went was we went down to, um, winter park. Oh yeah. And actually, you know, prior to knowing you were ever going to go there, right. This was two years ago. Um, you know, we, we literally took that sky cam right in front of your hotel. Right. And it took (laughs) us to winter park to, you know, where the activities are, the things that take you up the mountain. Mm -hmm. So you're now in that hotel,
2: yeah, yeah, I am. I ride the little tin cans over and then walk five minutes and I'm at the slopes. It's awesome. It's
1: It's absolutely incredible. So you sent us pictures while you were there, or while you were up there not long ago, and literally, out of your window is the mountain. Yeah, that's out of my window is the Continental Divide.
2: Really? Yep, I look at that every day.
1: And it's also... It's it's the ski mount. I mean, like literally, we could see the what, whatever you call the things that take people up, mm-hmm. uh, the the ski lifts. I guess yeah. is what they call them. Um, literally, right outside your window, just going right up. So you you get off work and you hit the slopes. Yep. Now, I do want to back up because I, I I have no doubt that somebody's going to be listening to this and they're going to be going, wow, that's super cool, right? You know, to work at the the resort and then have the mountain right there at your your beck and call. But it gets cooler. It gets more cool right? more interesting so so for those of you who don 't know my son Josiah josiah is is an amputee um, he had his left leg uh, just above the knee uh, amputated when he was twelve, yes indeed, yeah, when he was twelve um, and since then, I mean those of you who do know josiah i it's he's ridiculous. Um, he 's ridiculous he doesn 't have an off switch and he doesn 't seem to have a governor on what he uh, what he can do, um, I, he's gone rock climbing. He he's ran track. He's done track and field. He's skied. Now you you kind of your love for skiing. You found that when I found it. I
2: think I was either 15, 14 or fifteen. Uh, Scottish right. They were able to. They were doing ski trips for some of the amputees that they had through the hospital um and it was completely sponsored by them i got to go 2 years in a row it was either 14 15 or 15 16 and they took us right up to winter park we stayed at the iron horse uh res- lo- lodge or something like that super nice condos it's ski out it's it was an absolute blast and each time i went to, i got to go up there for about a week how many times did you go just twice okay uh and I mean, I fell in love with the first time I did it. I was so thankful that I, that I got to go a second time. And, I mean, I tell people this all the time. Since then, or at least since I turned 18, I feel like I've just been avoiding moving to Colorado. And now that I've done it, I can't be anything but happy. I feel like there's no better cure for depression than looking out at the mountains and just smiling, man. So
1: is... I we didn't talk about this before we got on the air here. So I, I have no interest and no intent to intentionally embarrass you or say something that would, would get you sideways, but you were sliding a little bit before you went to Colorado. Yeah. a wee bit for sure. Right. I mean, yeah, I was, was
2: not happy Yeah, at all. I, uh, I just got back. I mean, you, you know, parts and bits and parts of the story. I just got back from Oklahoma city uh, where had a relationship ended not super well, uh, and moved into a little place and just practically did nothing for four months. Uh, just sort of sat around, went fishing every now and then, and, uh, just really wasn't happy. I had no motivation to do anything and I'm not exactly sure what it was. Uh, just a lack of, care. I don't know. Lack of interest. It was it was not good for sure. Um, but I listened to a bunch of Joe Rogan podcasts and uh, he kept saying things like keep your room clean and don't stay in one place and keep moving. And I figured I might as well stop avoiding going to Colorado. Just go up there, try and chase what I love doing while I'm young and have the body to do it. Might as well get out there and ski so hard that I either get some sort of
1: sponsorship or that I break my body to where I can't do it anymore. (laughs) So, so there's these, this four or five month period ever, how long it was four or five months where it's kind of a downhill slide. You're not feeling good. Kind of maybe even sliding into a bit of being depressed and so forth. Yeah. And you get this opportunity Mm -hmm. to talk to the folks up at, the YMCA camp. Um, Very excited, but I would guess that it was like maybe a dual excitement, right? One, one, it's, it's a job at the YMCA and we've all loved our time at the YMCA, right? But we've always been visitors. And then, but secondly, Colorado, right? Right. Colorado was the goal.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Right. That's, that's really always trying to get to the YMCA was, a way for me to get into colorado Mm -hmm. i i'm thankful that the opportunity was there for me but i'm thankful that i'm out of there now just because i'm excited for a career and and also for being able and being so uh i don't know just being able to go skiing as much as i do now and be living in the resort especially because the nscd is there and they have their competition center there so for everybody what is the nscd the nscd is the national center for disabled sports or national sports center for the disabled something like that I, mm. I always forget right but they have their competition center there as well and i met this guy named patrick halgren uh who is also a one-legged skier he's been doing it for about six years now but he only lo- lost his leg seven years ago and he's Twenty-eight, I believe, uh, and he's sort of taken me under his wing now. He is getting training from the competition center at the NSCD, and after he gets trained, so that I don't have to pay the money, he comes to me and he teaches me what he learned. So you
1: just recently, and I, I this this, I, I, it's this is an interview, but in reality, I just want to have a conversation with you because, to be honest with you, we haven't really talked a lot because I work during the day and all kinds of stuff going on, but you did send a video home to mom. By the way, I appreciate how many times you call her, but not me. And you send her all kinds of cool stuff, but don't send it to me. So kudos to that. But you send mom (laughs) this video of you and this guy out on the ski slope. And mom comes in and says, look, just look at this ski video Josiah sent, right? Something like that. She said something like that. I had no idea what I was about to view. Mm-hmm. I thought I was just gonna see you you know skiing down the mountain, right, but the first thing I see is is this big jump, this what ramp this ramp oh, of yeah. snow mm-hmm. and you just the first thing out of it is you coming off this ramp and jumping, yeah. <laughs> and I'm, and my first thought is what in the heck is happening right now? <laughs> He's gonna kill himself, and so you jump and you hit. And immediately it's it's a crash and burn.
2: Yeah. My ski pops right off. I slam on my face. It was awesome.
1: Yeah. And then there's an immediate another video of you doing it the same thing and sticking it. Yep. Right? Doing a little spin at the end. Yeah. I, I'm just like, <laughs> I I couldn't do that if I had four legs <laughs> and you're doing it on one leg and those what are the what are the things? The outriggers. The yeah. outriggers. I I couldn't do that, period. Listen, I didn't think I
2: was gonna be able to when I went up there. I mean there were things – I don't know if it was I thought I wouldn't be able to. Oh. Excuse Sweet. me. Wow. But I I wasn't sure if that was possible <laughs> for people with one leg, you know? Right. Um, I have, I've researched a ton before I went out there trying to find videos on YouTube or just anything about a one-legged skier that goes out and does backflips and jumps off ramps and stuff on the snow. And I wasn't able to find anything. And until I got to Colorado and met Patrick, he showed me videos of him on YouTube doing backflips on one leg, doing freaking 360s in the air out of his
1: damn mind. He's skiing without the outriggers doing jumps. And now he's, he's told you that he wants to train you to do this, right? Yeah, absolutely. So let, let me ask you this. Because, so like to me, if I'm just like the casual observer, right? I'm just thinking, okay, so I, I'm just a dude's gonna uh, train me to like just be a better skier, mm-hmm. right? What's the, what's the what's the plan? What's the hope here? What's like what's your in your mind? I'm doing this because, well, because
2: one, I do just want to be a good skier, right? I'd love to have it as something I can just do for the rest of my life as. An awesome activity, an awesome hobby, right? Um, but my goal with skiing is eventually having it as a career. Um, I mean, I'm not placing all my bets on it, but I'm gonna shoot for it as hard as I can. Uh, I'd love to gain sponsorships. Uh, just go out and do
1: friggin' X Games mode stuff, you know? Uh, so, are there, is that a thing? I mean, is is that a uh, 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 is is there a uh, an organization that does that sort of thing? Well, Trevor Kinnison,
2: he's a sit skier, a mono skier. So I believe that he's paralyzed from the waist down, and he does sit skiing on one ski and the outriggers. And he's sponsored by Fat Tire,
1: by GoPro by the High Five Foundation. Do you you think there's any way possible that you could try to get sponsored by Blue Moon? Well, (laughs) speaking of, I happen to be sipping
2: on a Blue Moon Light Sky Citrus Wheat at this very moment. (laughs) It is refreshing to the taste buds (laughs) and exactly what I look forward to after a long day. (laughs)
1: All right. Well, I, later on, we're gonna we're gonna add at the end of this. We're gonna add a tagline of you just doing a blue moon regular because I really need some of those. I think yeah, I'm, I think enough. I'm about out in the fridge in there. And maybe if you could maybe get sponsored by TX whiskey, that'd be awesome as well. That'd be pretty sweet. I don't think there's much skiing in Texas, though. I'd, I you know what? But maybe they'll I, branch out. I'm just saying. <laughs> may, maybe you come back and you you know like do some. Uh, some amputee skateboarding in Texas right later without riggers, <laughs> And we need to throw a TX whiskey on that, on the board, you know, somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, if you could get sponsored by blue moon and TX whiskey that I think that would be a great thing. I don't know how viable it is for me to actually get sponsored by blue moon,
2: but sponsors are a real thing for mm-hmm. people. And I don't want to brag um, or say that I have an advantage over people but to some degree, I do, um, and I'll admit that, just that people don't think I don't know it. Um, it'll it's probably easier for me to get sponsors if I am good.
1: Well, I think I think if 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 history is any um, any teacher, um, people tend to like you more than your bro- your sisters because let's just you know can we just can we be honest here for just a minute? I have a better smile. I think that's it, yeah, I think that's it, and that's what I think the sponsors going to be looking for, <laughs> do you know how many, do, i you know, do you know how many times I, and they, they and just so you know if you're listening, just so you know it's not like they don't say this with him in the room, they don't wait till he leaves. this just doesn't give a crap. No. they'll say whatever they want in front of him, and just they don't care. he can either like it or he can get out, they don't care. But they'll just say like when they we co- we would come back from somewhere and people treated Josiah, you know, real nicely and maybe the girls felt slighted to go, "Yeah, I bet if I had one leg they'd treat me better too," <laughs> right? So it's it's not like this is a secret anywhere amongst in my family that the girls are, can at times be a little bit bitter. Um and, you know I'm just like, "You know, all you got to do is just go get your leg cut. Get it cut <laughs> off." I mean, you know, don't it's it's not like that's not an option for you. Mm-mm but nobody's done that yet.
2: No, not quite. <laughs> They're not willing to suffer like that.
1: So, so you're, let's, let's talk for just a second about, um, the new place. Mm. Right. Um, so you're living in the hotel where you're renting, you're renting, right. Yeah. It's not like they give it to like you. Like a
2: studio hotel room. Yeah.
1: So you're renting to, to be in there. What's, what's your, uh, what's the gig there? What so I'm
2: a lead at the front desk. It's like a supervisor at the front desk. Um, checking people in and checking people out all day. Yeah. Uh, telling people when they mess up. Right. So what unless is, I'm messing up. Is
1: there, is there, and I don't know the answer to this. So I'm, I'm not asking because I know the answer. I'm curious. What's, uh, are, are there, um, are there up upward mobility op availabilities? To yeah, anywhere?
2: absolutely. So there's just like the front desk attendant, just an, the lowest of the low and then there's me front desk lead which is like a shift lead uh and then there's the front desk supervisor and the hotel manager Mm -hmm. um but really she manages the front desk Uh, she manages other departments as well but they all have supervisors that take care of most of their stuff she just oversees and um, I've
1: heard I've heard nothing but good things from you about this place. I mean, you seem to really love it there.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a great job. It's one of my favorite jobs I've ever had, to be honest. Just just one because of your of, favorite.
1: It if not the. I, I mean I t- have you. Just had another job? Of, just
2: because of the benefits even. That's my point. Um, just because of what able I'm able what I'm able to access
1: because yeah. I'm there. So when you're off I think makes me happier while I'm working. I mean when you're when you get off. Mm-hmm when when the end of the day hits you are 5 minutes away from being on a, a ski slope flying down a mountain at 60 miles an hour <laughs> it's just i mean when i get off work i'm 5 minutes away from the barca lounger in there <laughs> and watching netflix right you're 5 minutes away from the ski lift taking you up to do those stupid jumps yep that's ridiculous it's pretty sweet man so we talked about this on the phone the other day we talked about you getting an evil Knievel ski suit with the little cape on the back. Oh man, I've already got one of
2: those Tipsy Elves uh, all American flag ski suits, <laughs> and it just looks bad. A eh? what is it called? It's a the website's called Tipsy Elves. That's the brand, okay. uh, but it's it's a full on like bodysuit that just looks like an
1: American flag. It looks like America's all up in your face, man. It's awesome. So I remember you also telling mom. Um, I, I overheard a conversation, so I, I didn't really know what this meant when, when I heard you uh, first talking to her, I heard you saying I'm skiing and I have some outriggers. I, I didn't know what outriggers were. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were, I guess, utilizing the ones from the, uh, f- the uh, NSTV. Yeah. And you were just breaking them. Yeah. Right. Like how many, how many pairs of those did you go through? I think Three. So now why, why, do why would those things break? Hold on before you say that, because the ordinary person who would be using those, right? Like an amputee or whomever, they're just skiing down the skiing down the slopes. They're not, they're just there really for a, they're a balance, mm-hmm. uh, uh, type thing right? right it's to catch yourself they, they look like little for for somebody who doesn't has not seen them they look like little little skis right
2: yeah it's like a it's like a normal forearm crutch but on the bottom it's got a ski that's about a foot long
1: yeah so it's it, it slides down the mountain with you just like a ski but mm-hmm. it's skis that are at the end of your basically a, a crutch um, on both arms and they're there to balance you and help you guide Right. right now the average amputee person using those is just using them for just that. Yeah. Just a little bit of movement here, a little movement there. Why are you breaking them? Well, I hope that the people
2: I was renting from aren't listening. Um, but mostly either being extremely overconfident and thinking I'm a lot better than I am and just shooting down a mountain and catching an edge somehow. And you, I don't know exactly how it happened. One of the times I caught an edge and just like dead stopped and slammed down on the ground. And when I got up, one of, one of the skis on the bottom of my outrigger was gone. And I don't know where it went. I couldn't find the ski anywhere. So I had to go down with one. Uh, the other times it was either like stepping on the outrigger with my ski during a jump or smacking it dead into a tree. Is
1: it safe to say those things aren't built for like X Games kind of like stuff? Like are they built for jumping, doing the jumps and you know, slamming them on the ground like that? Well, the thing is you're really not trying to slam the outriggers on the ground when you're doing a jump. Mm-hmm. When you
2: land, you want all the force to be going into your leg and in your knee. Mm-hmm. So like you can you can bend your knee and absorb it and then the outriggers are just if you start falling to one side you can sort of push yourself back over. Right. Um but no, I would I don't think that they're made for X games stuff. I would like to make some for X game stuff though. Cuz the skis on the bottom, they're not like a normal ski. Normal skis are like layered with fiberglass and bamboo and resin and all sorts of stuff to keep them strong and keep them flexible, but not brittle. Right. The, the outrigger skis on the bottom, they're like, I mean, they might be ABS plastic for Mm -hmm. all I know, maybe like glass reinforced nylon, but they're not fiberglass.
1: They're not, uh, they're not carbon fiber. They're plastic. So they're not, they're not built. The the intent for them is not to take the kind of punishment a a ski is. No, they're, they're balancers Mm. really. So, you brought up something just a second ago, and I think we've talked a little bit about this before. It's hard on a body, first off, period, to ski for long periods of time. And I don't mean just like like hours at a time. I mean like weeks, months, years, right? It's it's hard on the knees. It's hard on the hips. It's hard on joints. It's ankles. It's hard on everything, right? Right. I'm trying to imagine what it would be like to do that on just one leg. Like your entire body weight is not being divided among two limbs. It's being divided among one limb, which means it's not being divided <laughs> your knee, your ankle, your hip. Everything is just taking a pounding. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious one, how's that feeling? How, are, are you noticing like some, any kind of deterioration? Are you noticing, um, any kind of structural issues, one, I want to know if you're feeling any of that. And two, are there, is, is the guy that you're training with, is he kind of helping you with like some, maybe some ancillary training, right? Like weight training, anything else to help kind of like build your body to be better able to absorb and take the kind of punishment that comes with that? Well,
2: for one, uh, I have noticed, I don't know if deterioration is the word, but just uh, soreness mm-hmm. for sure. Like if I'm spending four or five days in a week straight skiing, right. and three or four of those days I'm hitting jumps all day, uh, my knees sore at the end of that week mm-hmm. like crazy. I mean, hurts hurts like hell walking upstairs, bending at anything. Yeah. But uh, other than that, as long as I don't go too crazy hard, and when I do notice that it's hurting, rest for. A week or so um and then get back out i haven't noticed anything any prolonged damage hmm. uh and patrick he has given me a couple of sheets uh that he has gotten from <clears throat> different physical training he's had to do from surgeries and stuff mm-hmm. and he said really just Physical training for your knee and for the, the muscles in your leg is going to strengthen it a lot. Right. All you need to do is just get stronger, and it's going to you're going to be less prone to injury if there's more muscle in your leg. Yeah. Um, so, and, dude, his leg's a monster. I mean, it's probably two times the size of my leg, and he's not a big guy. He's like the
1: same height as me. He's just beefy. He works out hard have man. you ever seen have you ever seen those uh those bicycle guys that do sprint sprint bicycling Mm-mm. you need to look this up this is it's actually pretty crazy to look at so these guys are typically they have an upper body that looks like Kalista, <laughs> right seriously their lower leg they're they're from like from the waist down looks like freaking ronnie coleman I kid you not. <laughs> so it would be like putting Ronnie Coleman's legs on Kalista. Mm. It's insanity. Golly. I mean, because uh, these guys, the only thing their upper body does is hold onto the steering wheel right. or the, the handlebars. Yeah. Everything else is from the waist down. These dudes look like freaking Tom Platt's. <laughs> That's probably a name that you're not familiar with. Tom Platt's is like an old school bodybuilder back in like the seventies, eighties. And his, he was known for his legs. Hmm. <laughs> And just massive. And these guys look like that. And so I'm trying to imagine, you know, skiers, I would assume, you know, their support all comes from there. Yeah, it's interesting. Some,
2: I haven't really started to understand what the skier build is supposed to look like yet. Um, just because there are some skiers who are like real scrawny looking dudes, like dudes that look like runners. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Um uh, they're they're lean, but they're not muscular at all. Uh, and there are some of the dudes that do like slalom that look like that, and then there are others that are almost kind of tubby hmm. going down. Um, Josh Sunquist, another amputee skier, he was in the Paralympics, I believe he's won a couple of gold medals. But I used to watch his YouTube channel, and he would talk about how he had to put on weight. Whenever he was racing, put on fat, so that he could go down the mountain faster while also staying strong. Um, so I think it's I think it's a balance of whether or not you or whether you need to be super strong versus super thin, um, or super heavy
1: versus super super light. Well, I would assume the more weight you have, the more your skis stay on the ground, and 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 the more firmly they stay on the ground, right? Because You travel faster when you're touching, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, The instant you leave the ground, you start having wind resistance start to pull you back, right? It's like a parachute, right? So you want to stay on the ground so that you're constantly, you have this heavy momentum pulling you down.
2: Yeah, and the heavier you are, from what I've heard, the faster you go down the exactly. So it's a balance of trying to stay heavy enough that you can keep the speed you need, but not getting so heavy that you're bumbling around and can't, can't get back up when you fall over. Well,
1: it's like when you watch those slalom and super slalom um, skiers when they, you know, those moments where they do come off the ground. You can almost see them trying to push their legs back to the get back to the ground yeah. as fast as possible because being in the air is a, that's a slow time. Yeah, they they'll, they'll push their legs down and yeah. slowly bend they their want knees on against the ground their back down. Yeah. So has he? Has he? This guy that you're training with, what's his name again? I I, I don't want to keep calling him guy. Patrick. Patrick. So is Patrick. kind of laid out or or advised you on some training that you can do that's like not actual skiing?
2: Yeah. So other than just skiing to learn how to ski better Mm -hmm. um, and doing doing different – I don't even know the word. Just doing different things on your ski Mm -hmm. to get comfortable. um, Really all he said other than that is – working out, just, just getting strong and <clears throat> I'm sure that I could get more advice from other people as well. Uh, and I'm tr- I'm trying to, but this is the resource I have now. And he is, he has helped me a ton. I've definitely gotten a lot better. I wasn't hitting jumps before I started learning from him. And now, I mean, that jump you saw, I, I cannot fall when I hit that jump anymore. I've, I've hit it so many times and I've got it down now, so I'm getting a whole lot more confident, hitting bigger stuff, trying different things while I'm in the air. And
1: Well, it's like anything else, though, right? I mean, it feels like, to me, you've been gone a long time, Mm -hmm. but the reality is you haven't. You haven't met a lot of people yet. No. You'll meet more. You'll learn more. You'll pick up more. You'll find other people that can help you with other things. So, I mean, it's not like you've been gone a long time. I mean, we even realized you haven't been gone a year yet. I thought you had. But it hadn't even been a year yet. So, how how involved, if any, are you at the uh, the training place you were talking about that's across the street? I'm not really involved at all.
2: I know most of the people there now just mm-hmm. because I go in there so often, so often that
1: now they they don't even make me rent the out riggers. They just so so they just are they, leave them out. So what are they to you then? I mean, it, it, is it just a place that? Um,
2: it's a place that does lessons for the disabled, uh, ski lessons for the disabled. They'll rent disabled ski equipment to people. Uh, they'll do. They'll be like a guide or a helper for a disabled person if they know how to ski but still need a hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're just they're a, a huge resource that any anybody can. Any disabled person can access and learn to ski if that chooses to be their desire. Either
1: learn to ski or continue to ski. So now recently, am I remembering right? I think I heard, again, you talking to mom, not me, again. Um, did Was Scottish ride up there not long ago? <laughs> yeah, they were. Did you get to see anybody?
2: Yeah, I saw a couple of them while I was up there. One of the guys, uh, Chris... Chris Track, I believe or something is his last name. Was he
1: w- now was he somebody who went on the trip with you before? Yeah, he
2: was a, he was one of uh, the kids that went on the trip with me before and he was he was back on it now uh, way older. It was really cool seeing him. So it. now was he, he there was, was he there as like a what he, w- he was there as a skier as, as a okay. uh, he was there um they were sponsoring him there okay. again. Uh, but he was killing it out there, man. I got to hit him hit a, hit the slopes with him one day
1: and now, is he an ampute a, a leg amputee or?
2: Yes, he is. He's a double, a double amputee. So oh, wow. he does sit skiing and. I've been skiing for quite a while now. I've been sque- skiing quite a bit and it makes me a little bit upset to say that it was kind of hard to keep up with him because <laughs> he lives in Texas and skis once a year. <laughs> but he was killing it out there, man. Uh sk- sit skiers have a slight advantage, but
1: I won't say anything more than that about it. <laughs> nice. So, so what's the, what's the plan from here? Like I, I, and I'm not suggesting that you have like a five, 10 year goal. Yeah. But, I, but I am curious, like in your head, when you just like, you know, just again, just kind of off the cuff, what what's the plan? What's, what's kind of your goal?
2: My, my plan right now is to dedicate maybe the next, Three, four, five years of my life to just skiing, mm-hmm. uh, totally. And if by f- five years from now, I'm I'm just getting nothing out of it. There's I'm just skiing to ski for fun still. Right. Um. I I plan on maybe going back to like trade school or something, or not going back, but going to trade school or something and trying to learn just metalwork and. <clears throat> gain information on that because
1: now we have talked about building a forge yeah sword builders
2: exactly and that's that's why i would like to get into uh a trade school and and learn those things because one i would be able to now work in a trade uh making insane money and i would i would be using skills daily uh that would increase my my ability to do things like forge or make knives or some, some other dream that I've had in my past. Um, and I'm just going to keep hopping around, doing different stuff that I really enjoy doing and seeing if anything happens from it. So now you, and while doing that, I'll work and try and build my career in case nothing works.
1: And I'll fall back on that. So you obviously love Colorado. Yeah. So what is it about Colorado? Um, what what is it that you just what what is what's going on up there that that you just love i mean i know it's obviously skiing i get that it it's got to be just stupid incredible to wake up every morning and look outside and see mountains around you i know it was when i would step out of the yurt when we were up there and i just literally no matter which direction i looked i was surrounded by these mountains mm-hmm. what what do you what's going on up there well I feel like you just named the reasons
2: I love Colorado and (laughs) then told me name different reasons you love Colorado. (laughs) Now make up more reasons. Now make up something. (laughs) No, but I mean the skiing, the mountains, uh, the people there, Mm. I, I really enjoy not being close to a city. Mm. Um, I like being sort of out two hours away. Mm. It's, it's cool. If I do ever need to go to the city, I can hop on a train and be down there in an hour. Yeah. It's not bad. Um, it seems like everybody that lives up there or lives around the resort is just there because they they want to have they want to have fun. They want to be happy. Yeah. Um they're all I won't I won't say all but most of them are decently responsible people, but I mean, they know how to they know how to let loose, go ski and and drink a little bit on the mountain and smoke some weed, you know? I mean, Yeah. It's it's pretty sweet up there, man. It's yeah. awesome.
1: It's an I mean it's built for people who want to be outside. Yeah,
2: exactly. And you know, I don't like sweating. I don't like the feeling of humidity. Uh, the dryness up there is awesome. Mm. I love it. Yeah. Um the cold, it really ain't that bad, especially without the humidity. I mean, I got two days ago three days ago when i got here right and it was maybe 50 degrees outside when i when i landed it's been funny to watch you go outside but it was i i thought when i came down to texas and felt this cold i was gonna be laughing at y'all right but this is i don't this is worse cold than in colorado so at
1: night you've been going outside and it's been roughly somewhere in the mid 50s at night yeah right but it's been raining it's wet All that. Real humid. You put on these these kind of parka pants. (laughs) You put on this big, huge coat. You've got this thing wrapped around your face. I basically put on my ski gear. (laughs) And I'm like, what in the world are you doing? It's 55 (laughs) degrees outside. And I I, I don't know how to reconcile that. And I say the same thing every time. Because how cold was it when you left? You said it was like 30 when you left?
2: Yeah, 30. Probably.
1: And it's 55 here, and you got coat and ski pants and a and a face mask. I know. I don't understand
2: it. I didn't think that I didn't think that was going to be necessary. You know, <laughs> I don't know how to respond to
1: it when I see you getting all geared up to go outside for five minutes. It's crazy. It's the most insane thing I've ever watched. But I mean, I told you, I like
2: going outside and feeling like I'm under a blanket. Right. If I if I don't have to be cold at all, then I won't be. Yeah. You know, I mean, I have a jacket, I have snow pants, so
1: I might as well put them on and just not have any chills. Fair point. Hey. All <laughs> right. So, um, so you're working at the hotel, skiing whenever you're not behind the desk. And then about a month ago, China decides to send us a gift <laughs> and you start hearing what we're hearing. Yeah. And you're in a business that is based on people with, um, money for, you know, going on vacations, right? Those sorts of things. Nobody's
2: coming up there unless they're traveling.
1: Yeah. So next thing you know, the China virus hits and you guys start dwindling with customers, right? Yeah. Um, two weeks ago, was it two weeks ago they shut the mountain down? Two weeks ago now?
2: Yeah, a week or two. I can't remember exactly. I think it was about two weeks. You're right.
1: So about two weeks ago, they shut the mountain down, but you still have a few hotel guests. Yeah, so we had the
2: hotel hotel open and a couple of individual-owned restaurants in the resort that
1: were going to stay open as well. And then like the rest of us, you assume, okay, this too shall pass. Yeah. And then one day you walk into your boss's office and it's like, okay, it's just going to – only you are going to stay right? Just you, you know, you're, you're in kind of a leadership role and then you go in the next day and it's like, uh, it's over. Yeah. For now. For now. Right. For now is, is what I'm thankful
2: for. Right. Uh, I feel super lucky one that I was able to get in there in a lead position so that my job is more protected than, say, someone at just, like, the base level who's there as a seasonal gig or something. Right. I mean, this is a full-time, year-round job. Right. Um, and my boss has assured me multiple times, you know, we may be shut down, but as soon as we open back up, you have a job again. Right. It could be a year before we open back up,
1: but when we do, if you want to come, you can. Right. So so this is a... um. A non-specific length vacation, really, is what it is. Yeah, the
2: exactly. The hope is that by April 3rd, things will be better. Um, it's pretty cool because that's when I get paid through. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though I'm, I'm not working, Altera, the company that owns the resort, has really been, in my opinion, handling this super well as mm-hmm. a company, especially for, for the benefit of their employees. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but she had said she that by April 3rd they're supposed to reevaluate um and maybe they'll be opening back up but while i was up there i think probably the day i called y'all and told you i might need to come down here mm-hmm. i had gone into town to try and grab some groceries i was going to grab you know a couple big bags of rice a couple things of beans uh just so that you know for the next month i could at least eat rice and beans and survive weather the storm yeah exactly after the the resort shut down and uh i go into the store and i figured because we were in a small town maybe we'd be all right people wouldn't be going in there buying everything but I mean, there was no rice on the shelves. There were no water on the shelves, no toilet paper on the shelves, no beans, no ramen noodles, no spaghetti. The only frozen foods left were like vegan things. And not that I have anything against vegan stuff, but that ain't going to keep me alive for a month.
1: Even even when all the food is being taken away, the vegan shelves are full. <laughs> yeah, that's all I can say. That's all <laughs> it's, I'm going to say. It's pretty, it's pretty funny, man. But. But uh, yeah, I got back from the
2: store and I like immediately called mom. I think and was just like, "Hey, I'm not sure if I'm gonna be able to even survive up here if if we really get quarantined or something." Yeah. If public transportation, because I don't have a car up there, you really don't need one as long as public as long as the coronavirus doesn't shut down public transport. Right. But because uh, the the bus system there is super awesome, but. They were shutting down different bus routes. They were shutting down a bunch of the restaurants. And it was it was really making me nervous. And I'm up there in the mountains at nine 9,000 feet, two hours away from the closest city with no car. The train is getting shut down to Denver. So
1: <clears throat> is it wrong that as soon as you got home, I mean, I hadn't seen you in such a long time, and I just needed to put my eyes and my hands on you. And hug you. Is it wrong that the instant I released you, I thought I probably need to go wash off the China virus? No, I I'm surprised you hug me, to be <laughs> honest. I know you love me. I was gonna wrap myself in, in trash bags. But I also know that you hate germs. <laughs> I, I am not a fan
2: of the germ. Uh, and my boss actually told me she was saying, like, you're gonna be riding on a shuttle to the airport and then riding on an airplane over to your parents and walking through the airports. When you see him, you probably shouldn't hug him. You probably shouldn't touch him or anything. You should wait till you get home, take a shower, and just distance yourself, you know? Virus be damned, dude.
1: I'm not going to not hug my boy that I haven't seen in almost a year. Yeah, that's, that's what mom said, too. Bring it on. <laughs> Bring it on. Waterfall. Sharp rocks at the bottom. <laughs> Bring it on. So, so really it's a long vacation and I, you know, I'm so glad you're here. I, I just, I mean, I know you're thrilled, you're happy, you feel good up in Colorado and I'm so happy for you. I, I'm glad that, you know, you found a place that you've just fallen in love with. And I, if you're in love with it, I'm in love with it, but I am glad you're home. I'm glad you're, you're safe. And there's just something for a parent that I just wants their kids to be safe. And that just, I, you know, behind not behind your back, but when you guys were on the phone, mom and I were like, oh my gosh. I mean, how much is too much pressure to say, like, you know, man, why don't you just come home, you know, take some time off, you know, better safe than sorry. We know you love it up there. We're not trying to tell you what to do. You're you're a grown man. You do what you want, but maybe just for a while. Yeah, Yeah. and I mean – I
2: understood y'all that it was it was a fight for y'all. It was, so a, it was one a out of concern, yeah. One not to just say, "Dude, come down here. Mm-hmm. You gotta come down here. You might not survive up there." Yeah. Um, or and and also just giving my giving my space. But <clears throat> I mean, I didn't want to be stupid, man. It, there's there's more to life, you know. Yeah, and I've got a whole lot more of it to live. Yeah. I. I don't want to cut it short. And you're enjoying it up there. Yeah, exactly.
1: I mean, if you're happy, man, I'm happy. I I'm good with that. The good news is, is that based on what you've said, you've got, you know, great people that you work with and work for up there. And they, they not only said you can come back, they want you to come back. So, I mean that, that's a good thing. So, you know, Lord willing, this passes by soon and it's not as bad as we're being told, or it doesn't get as bad as, you know, hopefully we're getting out ahead of it. Um, I don't want to be too conspiratorial, you know, and just think it's all a, you know, I don't want to be that guy, but nor do I want to, you know, I don't want you to have to miss what you love. Right. right? And maybe even get back up there before the ski season's over, maybe. Mm -hmm. How long does, how long is, like, when does ski season end up there? Like the 20th of this month?
2: No, of next month.
1: So you've got at least the month of ish of April.
2: Yeah. Uh, Like, either late April or early March is when all of the, all of the resorts shut down. Um, I think steamboat, which is a couple hours away. They usually stay open a little bit later. In is the it a season. little higher up in altitude from you? I don't think so. I don't think it is. I think it's lower actually. So,
1: so when, when ski season's over now, now we weren't there during ski season, mom, mom and I and the babies, um, they had like all sorts of stuff there in, in, in winter park that you could do like during the summer. So like, when ski season's over kind of i mean i guess you haven't experienced it yet but what's the what's the shift in business like is is you know it's not skiing anymore so what's happening when it's not ski season
2: well it's not ski season it's like mountain biking alpine slide uh, Got it. just tourists coming to check out the mountains check out the continental divide check out uh, like rocky mountain national park and go hiking through there uh, and they
1: still stay where you guys are.
2: Yeah, I mean, dep- just depending on what they want to do or where they want to stay. Yeah, uh, the cabaret still runs. That takes you over into the resort from the hotel. Uh, the gondola still runs. That takes you up to the top of the mountain. We so went you up. Can get views. We went up to yeah. the
1: top and got to look off. And that I they got, got noticed, a little restaurant man. up there. It's yeah, pretty cool. We ate up there. We actually they we they shut the thing down because the winds got too high. Oh, really? Yeah, we, so we got, got stuck, stuck up, up there. Yeah, we were stuck up <laughs> there for like two hours. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things where they don't tell you at the bottom, Hey, by the way, it's possible you might get stuck up there for two hours because of wind. And we got up there and they shut it down and we were stuck in that restaurant for like two hours.
2: That's, that's pretty surprising. They don't, they don't shut it down for wind very often. I think the only time they shut down the gondola that that I've been there this season, or at least the only time I heard about it was like, once a couple of months ago, during like
1: a whiteout we had going on, really, yeah. So you've got to experience that. Oh yeah, it's awesome. Well, it's awesome if you're not driving in it. Yeah, but I don't drive. When I when we were living in Michigan, there were three, maybe four occasions where I was having to drive and got caught in a whiteout. Oh gosh. And I'd only heard about them. Right, the people who our friends there had told us, you know. You know, wide out. You know, they said, you know, you basically can't see freaking six inches past your windshield. Yeah. And I'm like, come on. I've driven in hard rain. Come on. Literally, man. Dude, you cannot see. No, I know. Snow blinds you. I had no idea. (laughs) It's crazy. And it is the scariest thing I've ever done. And it's so
2: bright. Yeah. It's so bright. It's not like a rainstorm where it's like it gets super dark and and, dreary and just awful. It's super bright. It looks super beautiful. It's just like dropping an inch of snow
1: every minute and just filling you up. Well, you, you're you not going to remember this. You were just a baby. But we flew in. We flew home from Kalamazoo to Dallas for Christmas one year. Um, this was like 95 or 96. Um, we flew home for Christmas, stayed here, then flew back. And our flight landed um, um, in oh my gosh where Notre Dame is help me um in Indiana um oh my goodness I can't believe I'm just having a complete mind breakdown. Indianapolis now. no 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 Indiana um not Indianapolis no um mother of all that is crazy i i it'll come to me in just a second but anyway we flew in and as we landed and stopped you could see just little flakes of snow starting to fall and I remember saying to Tamara we gotta go we <laughs> gotta get gone because it's about a I think it's about an hour and a half, two hour drive from there back home. By the time we got on the highway that went in Michigan, that gets us back home, I can't remember if it's 94 or 55, but anyway, it had started like just dumping snow Mm -hmm. and it wasn't quite white out. I would call it like a gray out, but you couldn't, there were no lines on the highway. So all I did was, is you guys were all asleep. Mom, you- Mariah and Gabrielle were all asleep and I have, I've got the hardest GI Joe Kung Fu grip on the steering wheel I've ever had. And I just got behind a diesel and I just followed him for like a hundred miles back home. I didn't move. I stayed right behind him. I mean, and and freaking people that live up there, they, they act like it's nothing. I mean, yeah, they're just flying by me like at 100 miles an hour. And I'm just like driving 20 right behind this diesel. No, I'm not even thinking about moving.
2: I know. I was talking to my friend in Colorado today on the phone. And uh, they were saying that the other day it was snowing real bad and the city's not working right now, or at least the city of Steamboat. Uh, and so the highways aren't being plowed. Um, And she said she was going 75 miles an hour during this snowstorm, uh, just flying past cops and <laughs> get pulled over somehow and didn't wreck somehow. And she, I said, are you out of your mind driving that fast on unplowed roads when it's snowing? And And she said, you know, that's nothing. It's just people that don't know what they're doing in the snow. So she's from there?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I will tell you what's funny is people used to warn us about driving on those roads when we were in Michigan. We never had a wreck. We never got off the highway. We never had a single incident. And I can't tell you how many times I saw full-blown, full-life Michiganders in the ditch, head-on crack. You know, just just drive.
2: I think drive that's normal, cockiness. Man. Maybe. I think that's cockiness of locals. Calling my shots.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. So – all right, so I won't keep you on anymore. But no, so no, no, not
2: cockiness of you, cockiness of the locals. Yeah. Uh, getting in wrecks in yeah. Michigan. Well, you know, just people I think, who say stuff like, "Oh, well, you know, it's just the people that don't know how to drive in snow." Well, you know
1: what we're used to, which is a step above snow, is we drive on ice down here, pal. Yeah, right. We don't get snow. We we'll grant you that we don't get snow, but we, what we, we do, drive on ice and oil. But we get we get crazy rain during the winter, and then it freezes, so we drive on ice. Yeah, come see me when you can do that. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're on a long vacation. I know you're missing your homeland. I'll survive. I Are you still talking to your buddies up there? Here. Are you do you still have buddies up there that you talk to? Uh Patrick.
2: Uh, I talked to him a bit and then uh my friend, I was just telling you a story about. Um she's up there. I've been talking to her. But just a friend?
1: Yeah. Friend friend or friend?
2: Just a friend. All right. Do you have any friend friends? No friend, friends, not no. officially. All
1: right, yeah, but looking. No, eh, <laughs> you know, not really looking. Just sort of happen.
2: the the mindset I'm in at the moment is you know, I am a train, and I am building a train track in front of myself <laughs> as I'm going, <laughs> and it's going in a certain direction. Yeah, I can't build someone else's track for them. I can't turn my track for them. But if they want to come and ride next to me and build their track next to mine, then they're more than welcome to. But Mm. I can't can't be hopping
1: tracks right now. All right. Take it down a notch, philosophy boy. Whatever, man. (laughs) All right. Well, so maybe we can do this some more while you're here. Yeah. That's kind of cool. We can just maybe, now that we've got some of that out of the way, we can just talk about some of the ridiculousness that your sisters and mom talk about that just freak us out. We really got to talk about this whole mucus plug thing. We got to get this under control. What? Yeah. So <clears throat> I don't want to embarrass anybody, but it's going to be part of my comedy act at some point. So <laughs> everybody might as well just get used to it. I our the women in our family have just no ability to, to understand. Filter. They just don't. They will talk about anything. Yeah. So, you know, your sister's about to have a baby Right? You may be here for that. I, odds are you will be here. Quite possibly. So I really that's hope- a blessing. You're going to be here for that. <laughs> Is it? Ish. <laughs> it's a blessing-ish. Yeah. So. now I'll be happy to see them. So look, here's the deal. They talk about some crazy stuff. To them, it doesn't seem crazy. To us, it seems crazy. Yeah. It's stuff I don't want to hear. It, they say words I don't want to hear. Mean, listen, if, if
2: me or you were to talk about Issues that we have as males or weird things that we have as males, they, they'd act like they were throwing up.
1: Right. But we don't get that. We don't get that respect. Right. No. So I'm walking in here the other day, like yesterday, I think it was, was yesterday, Saturday. Yeah. So I'm walking in here and mom's on the phone with your sister. I'm not going to use names because I I don't want anybody getting upset. Mm hmm. Well, I already know who it is when you say she's on the phone with my sister. I (laughs) understand. But the million people who are listening to this aren't hearing Fair enough. So she calls mom and says, "I, I don't know what the proper verbiage is of how this thing is released, but she says that she's lost her mucus plug, which is apparently a thing that happens when a woman is pregnant toward the end of her pregnancy that they, they lose something called a mucus plug. Well, I don't know what it is, but right off the bat, I don't like the term. No, me neither. It's either. foul. No. So mom tells me she's lost her mucus plug. I go through up a little bit. Then I come back and I say, well, is that okay? Right? (laughs) Is that, is, is everything okay? What is that exactly? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what it is, but it has caused me to vomit. (laughs) I come back in, I'm sitting in the, in the, in the living room and mom's got her phone in her hand and she goes, she sent me a picture of the mucus plug. And I'm like, stop. Do not come any closer to me with that phone. (laughs) Freaking keep that over there. And she's walking around, showing it to your sisters. And I'm like, what in the hell <laughs> is happening right now? Khan looks at it and she goes, <laughs> boo, boo, right, Khan's about to vomit. But it's they say and do things and show each other things that it would never occur to me as a man to do that. It's, I, they use words like mucus plug and discharge and I'm just like, what in the world? So I've started a list of of the various things they say that you and I almost vomit over. Mm. And I'm going to use that in my comedy act someday. <laughs> You're just going to yeah. drop a lot. I'm going to lead it, I'm going to lead <laughs> off with the mucus plug. If you it's can woke.
2: if you can list off some of those, man, you will have
1: chicks cracking up as a dude that's willing to say those words. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. You know, someday I want this, I want this show to be on a YouTube channel. I want it to be video. Yeah. I don't know if I could say it if there was a camera on. No. I I think I can say it when it's just the microphone. It's just you and me sitting here talking, but I don't know that I could say it if, if I knew somebody was like viewing me Hmm. because I don't want them to see me like, like choking back, you know, mucus blood. Right. I don't want them seeing that. Right. I, yeah, sure. The last thing you want is to throw up on camera. That's not what you want. That's Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> no, that doesn't go anywhere, man. No, it doesn't. I mean, I can always edit out these sounds that we're making, right, if if I go back and listen to it. If you absolutely know. have to. Yeah, probably not going to because it's a lot of work and I don't feel like doing that. Um, I prefer just to turn the microphone on and then turn it off and just be done. So. <laughs> It's easier that way. More genuine. But but just FYI, you can go in the living room. You can ask mom to see the mucus plug if you want to.
2: I don't think I feel like it,
1: but I appreciate it, man. Well, it's good to see you, brother. I love you. (laughs) I
2: love you, too. It's good to be seen. Missed you. (laughs) I've missed you,
1: too. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thanks for listening.
2: We appreciate it.
1: I want the world to suffer. Say it with me. Suffer Suffer first. first. Glory second. second. Peace out.
2: Adios.